This is the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast, because marriage without maintenance will break. Together, we're learning how to make marriage and love better. If this podcast has been helpful to you, consider sharing it with a friend. For notes and references to this episode, as well as additional content, visit fixeruppermarriage.org slash doors. Doors are one of the most useful and functional parts of a house. However, if they are broken, they can cause some major difficulties. Marriage also has doors that if not working or used properly can cause serious problems in your relationship. Join us via live recording as we discover four reasons you should fix the door problems in your marriage. Doors are an important part of any house or building. On the exterior of a house or building, also on the interior, I know at our house we have several doors inside and then we have three entrances. I guess it is safety. Most houses I know have three ways in or out. I guess it is safety things. So you can get in and out really quickly. But they come in all shapes, sizes, and colors. In Washington, D.C., the National Archives building has doors that are bronze and 37 feet tall, over 37 feet tall and weigh over six tons in weight. And many homes even include tiny doors to let your pets in and out of. You know, doors provide access. Doors provide privacy. Doors provide security. And they add to the decor of a building. You know, the Bible describes these magnificent, magnificent doors that Solomon put on his temple, on Solomon's temple. He had these huge doors made of olive wood and carvings, and the Bible describes them as being overlaid with gold. That's in 1 Kings chapter 6, verse number 31 and 35, where the Bible references the exact details of this door of Solomon's temple, and what a great thing that must have been. And you can find this, as soon as I get it up on our website at fixeruppermarriage.org slash doors. You'll be able to get on there and look and see these references that I mentioned today to you. And also you can go back. All, everything I talk about is documented and you can see and you can follow the links of what I'm saying. Now, your love and marriage also has doors that are a critical part of its function and construction. So today we're going to learn why we should, how and why we should fix the door problems in marriage. I want to say a special thanks as I had writer block to my lovely wife and daughters who brainstormed with me last night to help come up with ideas for this lesson. And my five-year-old really had some great ideas. It was really funny. <laughs> she said I should talk about babies. And then she said I should talk about babies again. I don't know what the deal was with that. And then they also had uh, several ideas, great ideas, awesome ideas. One of them said, you should talk about being thankful for your kids. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course, I should be thankful for my kids and be grateful and treat my kids better. But that's just some ideas that they had. But I appreciate them. And they were my focus group last night as I was trying to get this together. But they're my world, my reason, and my purpose. And I do appreciate them. And before I get started this morning... There's a book that came out by a good friend of mine, and you probably all know him, or most of you know him, author and pastor Stacy Shiflett. His book came out, Wolves Among Lambs. It's a book detailing sexual abuse and cover-ups in churches, as well as tips for processing for victims of abuse. So when I get the show notes up, I even have a link. 
You can just click and you can order it right there. So you could also go to his website. I will have a link there, wolvesamonglambs.com, and you can purchase the book there. So it's a great resource to own if you're in, you know you or a loved one has been impacted by this in any way or affected. This would be a great book to own and purchase and support someone who's doing something great, right? So it's great to support a good cause. And you never know, if you don't know anyone, you may, you may run across someone someday who is struggling in this area or maybe has a past of this. And this would be a great book to be able to give them and to share with them. But there will be links in the notes that I'll have posted once I get everything up. But number one, four reasons you should fix the door problems in your marriage. Number one, your marriage needs consistency. Doors are probably the most useful and functional things in a home. Every morning, I open the door to my closet and and there I pick out the clothes that I'm going to wear for the day. And then I go to the most important door in the house, the refrigerator door, right? And I find something to eat. I mean, that's the door. I mean, talk about some worn hinges. I mean, that refrigerator is constantly opening and closing by somebody. If it's not me, and usually a lot of times it's me. I mean, I'm always hungry, especially when I see the refrigerator. I mean, there's got to be something in there to eat. If it's not, I mean, it's a major crisis. But, you know, we open the door of the refrigerator. And then finally, I walk out and I open the, the door to my house and I step outside and I use the door as I leave for work. So doors in our house are one of the most used things that we use every day. We use doors all over our house. So marriage is a lot like those doors in a house. We have to be consistent in marriage. Those things that you do every day. Be consistent in the little things that you do every day. Be consistent in the little things. Those things that you do every day make a huge difference in your marriage. And you may not even realize those things that you're doing, those actions affect things that you you do affect your love relationship with your spouse as you do them every day. Even though some things require a little intentional effort, little things that we do. But they're important in our marriage. They're important in our relationship Maybe the way that you kiss as you walk out the door, the little things. Maybe the way you hold hands when you go places. It's in the little things, that consistency that we have in our relationship. Or maybe the way that we laugh together. I mean, those are consistent little things that you do. Consistent things that you do every day that go a long way in building your marriage. That go a long way in making a huge difference in relationship that you have with one another. And here's some things that you can do. Contact your spouse throughout the day to let them know that you are thinking about them. By contacting them throughout the day, you let them know that you care and that you love them. And that's something, a little thing that you can do that's consistent, just like those things that you do without even thinking about it. When you just open the doors of your house and use those doors, there's consistent things that you can do every day in your marriage to make things better and to make things nice. How about leave a note occasionally to express your love to your spouse. It's something you can do. Just make it a regular routine. I'm going to leave a a special note to let my spouse know that I love them. Make intentional efforts to touch your spouse in affectionate ways. You know, just something you just do out of habit. Something you do intentionally. It's just something that you do consistently. But be consistent in those little things in your marriage and you would be surprised and what it does for the things that you think are big in your marriage. And maybe just a little thing of telling your spouse that you love and appreciate them by speaking those words to them is a little thing you can do. 
but it's something you can do consistently every day as you go about your life and your marriage. Be consistent in your faith. Be consistent in your faith. In 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 7, we could all probably quote this verse. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us from all sin. Having that walk with Him, that consistency in Him is a big deal. Having a consistent walk with the Lord can make a huge difference even in your married life. I mean, if you live your life and you live a confessed life and you live a life where you're walking with the Lord, you know that He is the creator of marriage, right? So if you need help with your marriage and you're in tune with the creator of marriage, you're obviously going to get the help that you need. God is available to us. We have that confidence when we walk with Him. that We know He's available and He hears us. And even if your spouse doesn't have the right kind of relationship with the Lord. If you do, you can make intercession for your spouse and you know that God will hear you, even if they're not walking with the Lord like they should. If you are, then it makes a huge difference in your marriage because now you can talk about the, to the creator of marriage. You can talk about him. You can talk about your spouse to the God of heaven and it makes a huge difference in your marriage. If your relationship with the Lord is right. So be consistent in your faith. How about this? Go to church and be involved as a, as a uh, couple. Being involved, and it gives you this opportunity to develop your faith together and your relationship with the Lord together. You know, it may not seem that important, but just showing up for Sunday school can make a huge difference in your life. Being consistent and being faithful by coming to church faithfully, you make yourself available for spiritual growth. And maybe that growth may happen through a message that you hear, or maybe even a phrase in a message, or maybe a song that you hear sung. God could use that as an instrument for your own spiritual growth, and even a word in a testimony God may use to help you. Worshiping the Lord all, together also creates a bond, a spiritual bond. You're in God's house, and you're worshiping the Lord together. And also you have something common. We talked about that last week, having things in common. We don't have any things in common anymore. If you're faithful to church and you're involved in church, guess what? You have something in common. You both love the Lord. You both come to God's house. You both worship the Lord together. What an amazing thing to have in common, a relationship and a walk with the Lord. So be consistent in your faith. In a comprehensive study led by sociologist W. Bradford Wilcox of the University of Virginia, they have what's called the National Marriage Project. Now, I have something else to be obsessed with. I mean, they've done all these studies and all uh, they've all these phone calls and they have all these stats now. Now I'm obsessed with stats and I'm probably going to be calling you pretty soon and, and coming up with our own studies. Hey, what do you think about this? I, I'm just obsessed with things. But this is something else that I've become obsessed with. But this National Marriage Project looks at couples and church involvement. Their findings concluded that active conservative Protestants are, wait for it, 35% less likely to be divorced than those who aren't. Wow, you mean going to church makes a difference in my marriage? Yes, it does. Yes, it's, now it's scientific. We all know the Bible says it, right? We all know the Bible already says it. We should be encouraged us to be faithful, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the Bible says. But now, just scientifically proven, hey, if you are faithful to church, if you are actively involved in your church, you're 35% less likely to be divorced than someone who's not. But there's a little bit of a dark cloud over it because 
if you just kind of dip your feet in the water, if you just kind of are nominally attend church or you're nominally involved with church, you're 20% more likely than everybody else in the world to be divorced. It's like Jesus said, you're lukewarm, right? Maybe this is what, what God meant when he said, let's talk about lukewarm Christians. Listen, in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 15, know thy works. I know thy works, God says, that thou art neither cold nor hot. This is a church of Laodicea that he's speaking to. I would that thou art cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. So by being faithful to God's house, by being consistent in your faith, by showing up, by being involved, you decrease the likelihood that you'll be divorced. You have better chance of staying together by staying in church. What a huge comfort that is. What a blessing that is to know that our walk with the Lord helps us to have a better marriage. But number two, marriage thrives in privacy. Why would you fix the doors on a marriage? Because marriage thrives in privacy. The doors have been around for thousands of years because they give us a means to to have privacy. They give us a means to, to get the world's eyes off of us. You can go in your house and you can close your doors and it's like you have your life and the world is out there and you have your place to live your life. You know, marriage, simply put, doors give more privacy. Marriage is made more meaningful and love more intense in the moments when it's just you and the, you and your wife and your spouse. And the world is shut out when you use the doors of your marriage to produce privacy in your life. When it's just narrowed down to just two of you, it makes a huge difference in your marriage. Date your spouse at least once a week. Date your spouse at least once a week. Yeah, and being alone and being without kids, right? That's a huge thing, being without family. And the distractions of work, I mean, not to have to worry about work for a little while, not to have to worry about the kids for a little while, and sometimes it's hard to figure out what to do with the kids, right? But if you can just get the kids occupied or get the kids to grandma's or get the kids to a babysitter and just spend some time alone, it makes a huge difference in your marriage to be away from all those distractions. And you can connect in specific and deliberate ways because you have all these different things pulling at you. It's just the two of you together. You know, God designed marriage to be enjoyed and experienced by two for a lifetime. You know what? Work obligations will change. There's always going to be something pressing to do at work. You know what? There's always going to be something pressing on your phone. There's always going to be, there's always going to be some kind of alert on your phone, right? If you're like my phone, there's always going to be a text message there. There's always going to be some kind of alert. Even though you try to turn all of them off, somehow they've, the software engineer snuck it in. Somehow you get some kind of alert on your phone. I mean, to alert you something. Oh, there's a new phone coming out. And let me alert you that you need to buy a new phone. And since your contract is up and now your phone that's only two years old is now starting to fall apart. It's like a conspiracy. And I mean, it's like they just plan it that way. I mean, like some little engineer in Korea is thinking I can use this part. and It's only going to last two years in their contract to be up and they'll have to buy a new phone and spend all this money. Those things will always be there. Those things will they'll always be there. But you know what? You need to focus on your spouse. Your kids. Your kids will grow up and leave the house. They'll grow up and have a life of your own. That's why you should put so much effort and so much time into keeping your own marriage the way it should be. Protect that privacy. Date your spouse at least once a week. Take time out of your schedule to date your spouse. 
In another article, I told you I'm obsessed. In another article by the National Marriage Project entitled The Date Night Opportunity, there'll be a link. There'll be a link in the show notes when I get them up. A link in our class notes. You can just click on it and go there. You can read it if you, if you like. But another article reveals several interesting facts about dating and marriage. Among their findings, let me read this to you. Women who have couple time with their spouse at least once per week say that they are three times more happy in their relationship than those who don't. Get that? Times three. Happy times three. Even men are two and a half, almost the same, two and a half times more happy in their relationship than those who don't have couple time at least once a week. In regards to divorce, women who have couple time at least a couple times a month are four times less likely to get divorced. And men are two and a half times less likely to get divorced if they just spend two, two times a month of, of quality alone time, couple time with their spouse a month. The above article that I mentioned also establishes five areas that are impacted by regular date nights. Communication is impacted by regular date nights. It provides you a chance to talk without any distractions, like I said before. Number two, it it impacts novelty in your marriage. You can experience new things and new activities together. You can plan something new to do and experience something new together with your spouse. It it improves your, it says eros, that's your intimate life, is enhanced by being alone. It improves your commitment to each other. It helps strengthen your commitment by having alone time. It de-stresses. You know what? It gives you an excuse. It gives you a reason to not have to deal with other things. I have a reason to get rid of the kids for an hour or so, right? Because we're going to date with my wife. I have a reason to turn my phone off now. I have a reason to ignore those alerts. I have a reason to ignore text messages from work, which are sometimes very stressful, right? I have a reason to de-stress. I have that time to spend alone with my wife. And what a huge difference it makes in marriage. Here are some ideas for date nights that I tried to brainstorm and think of. And maybe if we have time when I'm through today, if you have ideas about date nights and I might get really, really brave and do a Facebook post, which could be really tragic. It could not may not end too well, but I may try it. I may ask people, hey, what's your idea for a date night? And what's the worst that can happen? Right. It's, yeah. Well, yeah. That tra- <laughs> what's the worst that can happen? Well, I just deleted. Right. So. But if maybe I have a link in the, in the notes there as well. Maybe I'll do a Facebook post or you, you can e- always email me at Jason at fixerupermarriage.org. Right. That, that works. You can email me. This is what we do. This is what. And I'll add it to the notes on, online and other people can see. And maybe next time we have class, I'll share those ideas. But I'd love to have some ideas about some ideas for date night. Here's an idea. Go out to eat. That's one of our favorite things to do. Right. Is to eat. And when you cook the spouse that usually does the cooking. It's a huge deal to not have to cook, right? I mean, can somebody please say amen? It's a huge deal when you're the cook all the time. It's a huge deal when you don't have to cook. You don't have to do any dishes. You don't have to worry about going by the store. You don't have to worry about finding a recipe. You don't have to worry about what everybody wants. I mean, you just go out to eat and just spend time together. Number two, watch a movie together. That's something you can do. Here's a great idea. It's something I like to do. Walk in the park. I mean, that's a great way to spend time together. That's a great date night experience. Or here's another one that I'm going to have to put a, a little parenthesis around this one, okay? But go shopping. But hold on a second. 
go shopping and agree not to spend any money. That makes it less stressful. <laughs> hey, we're going to walk around the mall and just look at things. We're not going to try to buy things because that's stressful for me. I mean, when my wife sees all these things that she likes and I feel like I've got to pull up my wallet and buy all these things for her. Well, let's just go ahead and say, hey, we're just window shopping today. We're just looking around. We're just holding hands and walking around the mall together. Date night. That's a great idea to have a date. How about play a board game? And we don't have any money to go to the mall, right? I don't want to feel like I'm being stressed out to have to buy all this stuff for my wife that she likes. Like everything in the store is basically a jewelry store, right? I mean, everything in there looks so nice and so beautiful and it's so pricey. And it's like you got to mortgage your house to buy this jewelry. But maybe just stay home and play a board game together. Maybe put the kids watching a movie somewhere and you play a board game or just spend time together. If you have more ideas... Share it with me. I mean, you can email me and maybe next time when we get together, we'll talk about some more ideas about date night ideas. But learn to appreciate the value of alone time. Learn to appreciate that time that you spend alone. You know, time is the most valuable thing that a lot of us own. When you spend your time, you never get that time back. Have you ever somebody say, if you waste your time, you're never going to get that time back. That's the one thing that you can spend on your spouse that is one of those valuable things that you own. I am taking time out of my schedule, out of my life, and I'm putting everything away. I can never get these moments back. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to spend my time on you. You know, this is what the Bible commands the husband to do in the Bible. Listen to this. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. And what did he do? He gave himself for it. What more could you give? What more valuable thing could we give than our time to spend together? That's Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25. Number three, marriage without maintenance will break. Why do you need to fix the doors in your, in your marriage? Because if you don't do maintenance, your marriage will break. It's right behind me. It's on our class website. Say it all the time. Marriage without maintenance will break. We all know that doors need fixing. I mean, they just open and close so much that things happen. I mean, the knob stopped working after a while. Have you ever had a doorknob just stop working? It's so frustrating, especially if you can't get into a room or you get locked out of the house and your key won't work and the lock is broken. The knobs won't turn. The lock won't work. Or even worse, the worst thing that a door does is squeak. I mean, it's terrible. I'm the type of person that I love to get up early. It's just me. I don't need as much sleep as most people. It drives me crazy to lay in the bed. I just, not being critical of anybody, I just like to get up. I just like to get up and do something. And I mean, when I say get up, I mean like 5.30 or 4.30. I mean, I just, I get up, I wake up, I want to do something. And, And so the rest of my family they don't like to do that, right? They like to sleep in. And I guess that's what most people, like normal people, man, I'm abnormal. I want to get up. And most people, they want to sleep. So when I wake up early and I want to do something, I want to work on something, I have to tippy-toe around the house. I mean, like a ballerina, I'm like tippy-toeing and trying to miss things and trying not to trip over anything and trying not to turn this light on or that light on. I want to wake the kids up. I definitely want them up bothering me, wanting something to eat, right? My five-year-old 
She's, she, I tell her her name is, must be hungry because she says she's hungry all the time. I mean, she's, I want something to eat, Daddy. I want some, can you fix me some cereal? It's always cereal with marshmallows, right? I mean, it can't just be any cereal. It has to be cereal with marshmallows in it. But just, I, I just don't want to get up early. I don't want to wake anybody up, so I have to tippy-toe around the house. And I'm trying so hard. I mean, you know, even the light switch makes noises when it's really quiet in the house. So I'm really careful turn on the lights. To light switch really carefully or use the light on my phone, right? And you got to turn that light down because it can be like a beacon. I mean, you got I mean, to turn that light and you kind of wonder around how this is what I can do. You know what? I can maybe work on this a little bit or I can, I can study some now. It's really quiet around the house, but it's just awful when you're trying to be quiet. And I've tried so hard to be quiet and I turn the door and it squeaks. I mean, it's just terrible. It's the awfulest sound in the world. It's awful when a door squeaks. My attempts at, at, at not waking my family can be foiled by a stupid door that squeaks. I mean, it's terrible. This is because doors have to be maintained. I mean, you have to put paint on them. You have to oil the doors. You have to use general maintenance so they won't squeak and get on everybody's nerves so that the knobs turn and the, the locks work. I mean, the bottom line is that sometimes doors can become painfully irritating, can't they? You know, marriage has a way of becoming painfully irritating if it's not properly maintained. You know what? It's like your spouse is squeaking sometimes. And your marriage isn't maintained. It's like the hinges are squeaking. The locks are jammed in your marriage. You know what? Some of the most hurtful, degrading words in action I have ever seen or heard are two people who are married talking to each other or doing things. I mean, saying things that are so hurtful and so mean to one another. It's because you haven't done the proper maintenance. It's why the door squeaks. It's why the door won't open. It's why the lock is stuck. Sometimes we have to take the Holy Spirit, the oil of the Holy Spirit, and apply it to our marriage with the tools of his word and apply it to our marriage and it keeps that squeaking from happening. Don't take your spouse for granted. Don't take your spouse for granted. Although your spouse may have problems and although your spouse may be like me and have lots of quirks, maybe your spouse is like me and drives you crazy and gets up like super early, way before the sun comes up and starts trying to do things around the house and it drives you nuts. Maybe your spouse has problems, but you know what? When you stop and think about it, you have problems of your own that your spouse has to put up with. But don't take your your spouse for granted. Sometimes you start to criticize your spouse and you forget about all the good that they do. I mean, even though, yeah, I get up early, even though I get up super early. and It's like ridiculously early. And I sometimes make the door squeak and wake everybody up. How that how that little squeaky door sounds so loud in the middle of the night, I don't know. But somehow it's just like amplified. But even though I do that, there's probably a lot of things that I do right. And sometimes you can take your spouse for granted. Consider the things they do right and be grateful for the spouse that God has given you. And sometimes you don't appreciate things until they're gone. It's like you forget what your life was like before you met. You forget those times when you were lonely, that time when you were praying. And then sometimes it happens. Sometimes you hear it happen. My spouse died. I wish I could have this back. I wish I would have done that. I wish. 
all those times and all those moments, now you're grateful for them. But why not be grateful now? Don't take your spouse for granted. Don't take the spouse that God has given you for granted. You know, also the things that irritate you about your spouse may be easier to fix than you realize. Take, for instance, the spouse that leaves cabinets and drawers open. You know what? You can be irritated about that. You can be angry about that. You can be mad about that. You can fuss about this. Or it only takes a minute. You could just close the drawers and the cabinets. It's not that hard to do. Maybe you come home from work and it just irritates the fool out of you when your wife doesn't have all the dishes done. It just drives you nuts. You can fuss about it. You can get angry. You can pout. You can slam the doors. But it's a lot easier to just load the dishwasher. You know what? It only takes a few minutes. It's an amazing thing. You know, you don't have to get dirty. You don't have to, you don't have to roll up your sleeves. You don't have to stand at the sink for hours like my mother used to when I lived at home. It's an amazing thing called dishwashers that we have. And you put them in there and put a little, a little thing of soap and hit start. All you have to do, it just takes a few minutes of your time. Or maybe the husband that drives his wife crazy by leaving his clothes on the bathroom floor. Honey, there's a basket right there. There's a basket and you still leave your clothes on the floor. You can be mad and angry and fuss and nag and drive yourself crazy and your spouse crazy. But guess what? It only takes a second to pick them up. It may be easier to handle the thing yourself that's driving you crazy than it is to act like Attila the Hun, right? (laughs) Don't take your spouse for granted. Speak kindly to each other. Speak kindly to each other. It is so strange that some of the most hurtful things we could say are to the person that we are supposed to love the most. I mean, some of the most hurtful things are said are said between husband and wife. It's like you would never say that to someone at work. You'd say it to your spouse. You would never say that to somebody at church, but you'd say it to your spouse. But if we take God's word, if we use his word to filter our words with kindness, it'll come out with kindness instead of hatred, instead of with anger. Filter your language with his word. You know, even when you have to lovingly correct your spouse, you can do it in a way that's helpful and not hurtful. You know, sometimes consistent, kind correction can, think, can change things better than just being bullish about it, than just being a till of the hun and trying to fix things all at once. You know what? If you're kind and you kindly offer correction, it could change things. And if you don't focus on that one thing, it can change things. A few, a few months ago, I suffered a, I wouldn't say suffered, I developed a rare, strange, and scary temporary eye condition. And something happened with my eye. I still don't know what it was. I don't think the doctors really know what it was. And I started losing my eyesight, and it was just an awful thing to experience. But you know what I went? I went to the doctor, and they made me come like three times a week to the eye doctor, and they gave me medicine to take. You give me three different drops to put in my eyes, and I'm supposed to do it every day. And in fact, it was like a regiment. So once I finished one or two bottles, then I started a whole different medication, right? It'd be really dumb of me to think I could stand in front of the mirror and squirt the whole bottle on my eye and it do the same thing as me taking it like I was supposed to. Medicine works better in doses, doesn't it? Sometimes you can offer your spouse medicine that works a little better in doses 
than it does to try to pour the whole bottle at one time. Use words of kindness and be ye kind. I love to quote this to my girls because they struggle sometimes with being kind. And by the way, I do too. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. God must have been thinking about marriage when he inspired these verses. He must have been thinking about a couple in in marriage living together. He says, wait a minute. Be ye kind one to another. Use kindness. That's Ephesians 4, verse 32. Marriage is the one relationship in this world where we have the incredible opportunity to practice the Bible principle of edification. You can make choices to encourage and build up your marriage, or you can completely tear it and break it down. Listen to what Proverbs says about a wise woman. Every wise woman buildeth her house. But as Proverbs often does, it tells us the other side of it. But the foolish plucketh it down with their hands. And that's what happens in marriage sometimes. You make the choice in the words that you use. You can either build up or you can tear down your spouse and your marriage. The Bible puts it another way in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 19. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. I mean, your words should minister grace to your spouse. You should speak words that are edifying, that build up one another. Even if you had to criticize your spouse, you should still do it in a kind way. Be ye kind one to another. Number four, you have to protect what is yours. What's the big purpose of having doors on a house? It's a security. It's for security's sake. You should put forth the effort to protect the love relationship and the marriage that you have. You should lock the door. You should do the maintenance on the door to make sure it locks up, to make sure your marriage is protected and to make sure you protect what belongs to you. In conclusion, four reasons you need to fix the doors in your marriage. Number one, your marriage needs consistency. Number two, another reason to fix your marriage is Marriage thrives in privacy, and we know that's true, doesn't it? Marriage thrives. Marriage grows in those moments when we're together, alone, by ourselves. Number three, marriage without maintenance will break. The reason you should fix the doors in your marriage is because if you don't, your marriage will break. Number four, you have to protect what you have. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this day and the wonderful privilege it is to be saved and have that assurance in our heart that we're a child of you and we're so thankful that you gave us a manual to live by and that manual is the word of God and may we take these principles that we've learned today and may we live the words of scripture every day as we walk and may we have a thriving intimate relationship with you that spills over into our marriage and may our marriage be thriving and intimate and be successful in this world we ask these things in your name Amen.